When we got to the final sections about the future and talking about where the bananas are going, I immediately get lifted up with energy. I might never write another book again, so what an honor to be able to be the one narrating my book. I realized I had trouble pronouncing silly starstruck intern and analytical psychology. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet owner of the Savannah Bananas baseball team, Jesse Cole, correspondent and NPR host at large, Elise Hugh, and best-selling author, Ruta Sapetis. Press play to learn which two of these authors described their recording experience as thrilling, and whose studio must-haves are out of the ordinary. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Jesse Cole, the author of Banana Ball. I was inspired to share the story of the Savannah Bananas and Banana Ball in this book based on what I've seen with the fans and our team over the last few years. I've seen things I never imagined. Fans from all over the country clamoring over this, which was just really a bunch of kids running a baseball team and looking at all the things that were boring, long, slow, and that weren't great about a fan experience and how to deliver something unique and memorable and to see how many people come together to create something special and share that and the lessons I've learned. You know, I've been so fortunate to have so many mentors in my life from my dad and, you know, look back at Walt Disney and P.T. Barnum. So many people have inspired me to create this and with all the people around us to share that story, I think it's a part of history. Whenever you're creating something that people have never seen before, to capture it and go behind the scenes, I think is something that is really special for people to see and to read about. If I had to describe recording my audiobook in one word, it would be emotional. And the reason why is by reliving the experiences of this book and my life and the people that surround the bananas and everything we do, it brought back such strong emotions and brought me back to, again, why we do what we do. And so it was an emotional experience. I felt the highs and the energy of some of the greatest moments, and I felt the the sorrow. And, you know, I got emotional thinking about some of the sad moments. Hopefully that comes across with this audiobook. I'm a guy who constantly has my head in the clouds. So when we got to the, the final sections about the future and the epilogue and talking about where the bananas are going and for me to talk about playing a field of dreams and major league stadiums and cruise ships and building banana land with all the crazy things at our ballpark and building banana ball little league for kids, I immediately get lifted up with energy. I love the past. You know, we've done some amazing things, but I'm so far always in the future and thinking about what we can do next. And so when I'm reading about that and sharing that, it inspires me and it it makes me want to get working on it right now. So how I prepared for this audiobook, I wear my yellow tux all the time. And when I put my yellow tux on, it means it's showtime. And so even though I'm in a room in a studio, I'm wearing the full yellow tux. And so when I put that on, I'm going to give my full energy. Even with only a few hours of sleep, coming back on the world tour with three kids up at five in the morning, it's what I do and it's what I love and it gives me energy. So in regards to preparation, it was put the yellow tux on and let's do this. 
if I had to record this again and bring to the studio something different, I think I'd probably bring our whole pep band. I'd bring our breakdancing coach, our banana nanas, our mananas, just our hype squad to get me going. And I think might as well do it in front of a thousand or two thousand live fans too. So I, I think that's the only thing I would do differently. If I could go back and have Walt Disney with me in studio or Walt Disney telling our story, he was such a good storyteller. Going back to how he created Snow White, he convinced the animators to tell the story by he played every single character out. So for two hours, he performed it. I mean, he is the most natural storyteller and brings energy and enthusiasm. So by far, Walt Disney and obviously my biggest mentor as well. I read over 100 books a year. Crazily, I don't listen to audiobooks. I listen to podcasts. So this may be the first audiobook I listen to. Now listen to a clip from my audiobook, Banana Ball. This is a love story, and it starts in the comfortable three-bedroom Massachusetts home I shared with my father. I was a rail-thin nine-year-old boy, and late every afternoon, my ball cap on straight and a baseball held firmly in hand, I stared at the doorknob of the front door. I waited anxiously for it to turn, signaling Dad's return home from work. My first love was playing baseball with my dad. It didn't matter how I was doing in school, whether my friends were around, or how boring my day had been. He was there for me every single day. Hi, this is Elise Hugh, author of Flawless, Lessons in Looks and Culture from the K-Beauty Capital. Flawless is about the enduring power of beauty standards worldwide. I used K-Beauty, Korean beauty, skincare, products, procedures, even surgery, as a jumping-off point to explore why appearance still matters so much and where we draw the line on upgrading ourselves when so much technology makes it more and more possible and beauty standards keep narrowing. I wrote my book because it didn't exist. I wish it existed or something like this existed to help me better understand before I went to Korea just how powerful Korea was culturally and in setting beauty standards, but also what that meant for the rest of us because, as the book will show, it's kind of a standard bearer or a place where the future has already arrived. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be thrilling. And the reason why is because I might never write another book again. And so I was aware very keenly throughout the process that this is going to be an experience that might not come again. So what an honor to be able to be the one narrating my book and sharing it with you all in the way that I heard it as I was writing it in my head. So it turns out there's a lot of words that I realized that I didn't know how to pronounce, like de rigueur. De, <laughs> I can't remember. So de rigueur is one of them because I feel like it's something that I write, but it's not something that I would say in normal conversation, which maybe is a lesson for me on not writing it if I don't pronounce it or use it in everyday conversation. Another one was I noticed in the narration that I use the word particularly a lot, but particularly is actually kind of hard to say, especially when jumbled in long sentences. So I also had some trouble with that. I'm excited that listeners will hear more about my family life. As I was narrating it, I realized there are so many bits of my children who are now more grown 
their birth stories or what they were like when they were tiny toddlers that comes through in the pages of the book. And so for me, it was personally nostalgic to get to recount these stories and revisit them. But then you will, as a listener, get to know a little bit about my family and my daughters, too. And I'm excited about that connection that we'll be able to have. My favorite section to record was probably the conclusion, because when reading it out loud over the course of a few days, I could finally see by the end, the ways that the various threads and themes all really come together by the end, such that the conclusion is rather persuasive. And I really believe it. And I felt a lot of conviction when I got to talk about it out loud. So I hope you will get to enjoy that too. I prepared for the audiobook recording by reading the long list of detailed instructions I got from Penguin Random House Audio. And in it, there were things like tongue twisters to practice. So I actually tried to say them out loud. And one in particular that was very difficult was red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. I actually made a TikTok on my TikTok account at who Elise, W-H-O Elise, where you can watch me trying to prep for this very audiobook recording session. If I had to record again... I would bring more chapstick with me into the studio. I did have some emergency chapstick with me, but even though I am a radio reporter and correspondent and I spend a lot of time in front of mics, I never spend this much time in front of mics. And so I found my lips getting chapped a lot, which then affects the sound of the words coming out of your mouth. So I would probably have more chapstick and I would love in any recording henceforth to have Joan my audiobook director, in my ears because I was so accustomed and felt really safe in her hands and just knowing that she was always going to be there, hearing what I was recording and then speaking back to me in my headphones. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would probably cast a Korean-American actor named Greta Lee to do it. She has this kind of whimsical sarcasm that I share And she was the bestie to Natasha Lyonne's character in Russian Doll. She's not just an actor. She's also a producer and writer in her own right here in L.A. I feel like she would have done a really nice job and probably would have been able to pronounce a lot of the Korean words and names much better than me since she is a Korean-American. Basically, any audiobook narrated by the Adele of audiobooks, Julia Whalen, is worth listening to. I'm currently listening to Mad Honey by Jody Pico, which is being read in part by Carrie Coon, the actor who was on The Leftovers, who I really loved. And I'm super enjoying it, and I'm learning a lot about beekeeping, something I knew nothing about. But it sounds so romantic when being read to me. I love listening to audiobooks while I'm in the car, mainly because I play them so my kids can tune out or stop talking. (laughs) So I like to play audiobooks of classics like Matilda and The Witches by Roald Dahl to my kids, and then they get really engrossed, and then I have some moments of quiet, and we can all enjoy literature that's being read to us. And now, let's listen to a clip from my audiobook. My nearly four years in Korea proved powerfully instructive and changed me. On my first night there to apartment hunt in the makeup mecca of Myeongdong, 
As overwhelmed as I was by all the neon lights and noise, I was also kind of judgmental. What was with all the flesh-colored post-op face coverings? Why was everyone shamelessly selfieing everywhere? By the time I moved home, I saw modern middle-class Korean women in a far more nuanced light and with compassion. So many of their choices are made within a limited set of options. They function within a structure of the most stringent requirements. As long as particular beauty ideals persist, and as long as class stability and economic and social success are dependent on meeting the standard, it is only logical to put in the work of appearance labor. Hi, this is Ruta Sepetis, author of You, the Story, a writer's guide to craft through memory. I wrote the book because I believe every human being has a story to tell. And I wanted to introduce the building blocks of story to help them express that story. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be thrilling. I had never recorded a book before, and it was a challenge and something I was so excited and honored to do. I realized I had trouble pronouncing silly starstruck intern and analytical psychology. I still have to to take it slow saying those words. My favorite section to record was the dialogue section because I got to do these what I think are funny voices. And I also got to read a letter to my dad that I had written a few years ago. So that was very special. I prepared for the audiobook recording by reading through the manuscript aloud and noting where I stumbled and where I might need to slow down so I can pronounce things like silly starstruck intern. (laughs) If I had to record again, I wouldn't need to bring anything into the studio with me because Garrett Miller at Studio G provided absolutely everything. I mean, you name it, water, tea, coffee, everything was here. It was very cozy. (laughs) If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Big Magic and Eat, Pray, Love. I admire her so much, and I love listening to her audio. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was actually the narration of my novel, I Must Betray You. Eduardo Ballerini recorded that, and I am just such a big fan of his narration, and it was so cool. I got to email with him and chat with him, and so listening to that audio was just so special. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car on long drives. I often choose to drive to a book event rather than fly, and it gives me the opportunity to listen and immerse myself in stories. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. The roadmap for writing a book is embedded in your past experiences. Our failures, heartbreaks, and bad decisions are fabulous fodder for writing. The romantic interlude with the Amish guy, the escape from a D-lister's house in the Hollywood Hills, the job interview with the price tag hanging from the armpit of my suit. I would never tear those pages out of my story, and neither should you. 
their color in a world too often steeped in gray. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.